Hello, welcome everyone back to another episode of the Sports United Podcast. This is episode 26, which is approximately 25 more than I thought we would ever get to. So thank you all for those who continue to listen week after week. It's a small audience, but we're starting to build. Thank you so much. Uh, And sorry about the delay. Trying to line up scheduling and interviews Got a little hectic. It's the holiday season. What else can you expect? And it's 2020, so it just adds to the mix. But I promise you more episodes are coming this week and next week. Uh, Then we're going to take our holiday break because I think everyone deserves a nice, long, relaxing break after the year we've had. I know a lot of you can't celebrate with lots of friends and family. I know I can't celebrate with my family. But we're going to be there for each other. World Juniors are going to be on. Might be a little weird, but some holiday traditions will keep going. And I hope you are watching lots of holiday movies, getting that Christmas cheer or whatever other holiday you celebrate, which includes today because today is the start of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to all of those who celebrate Hanukkah. And now we're going to start off with some news. It's been a few weeks since we've done a new segment, but we got some things coming up for you to look after, including the World Juniors. Uh, Team Canada's had a little bit of an issue with uh, getting some positive COVID results. They went into quarantine, but they're trucking through. Other countries are going through the same process and they will be arriving or have already started to quarantine before they arrive here in Canada. And the tournament is scheduled to start on Christmas Day this year with Canada taking on Germany on Boxing Day. So that's going to be a well-loved and well-earned kind of holiday tradition that we're all used to. So hockey fans, it's getting, it's getting close. We're a few weeks away, so hold your breath. And including hockey, it looks like a January 13-ish season could start for the NHL with a 56 game schedule which is a welcome piece of news for lots of hockey fans because we weren't sure if we were even going to get a season with those reverse retro jersey uh, reveals Uh, everyone's been talking about it I'm sure we'll talk about it on a future episode and coming, uh, you know, coming after that, it looks like they're negotiating a little bit with the CBA, but we're going to get a season sometime in January, it looks like, which is a welcome piece of news. With that in mind, another league is starting up before Christmas in just 12 days time. If you're listening to this today. Uh, The NBA will be back, coming back on December 22nd with a full slate of games and those traditional Christmas Day games. So if you're not watching World Juniors, you will have not only basketball, I'm just thinking of this now, you're going to have three different sports to watch because not only is the World Juniors happening, basketball is back, especially on their biggest day of Christmas, and the NFL already scheduled games to take place on Christmas. So it's going to be a full crazy weekend of games just in time for everyone to sit back, relax, have a beverage and just open presents and have sports on the TV because what family doesn't enjoy doing that? Uh, Completely off topic, uh, families like to do that, right? 
I never heard anything from my parents. Mom, do you still love me? I'm sure I'm sure it's fine. Uh, start a new tradition if you haven't already done so. Uh, Enjoy the sports that are coming back uh, with the world news happening. It looks like we're treading in the right direction for reprieval. Soon it's coming. Uh, doesn't mean we don't need to stop social distancing and wearing masks. Continue to do that. But uh, you know we're getting closer to being able to go back to live sports, celebrating with each other, and just hugging each other. That's what everyone misses the most, I'm sure. Also in hockey news, it looks like at least four different teams are exploring the option to play some outdoor or all of their home games outside, which would allow fans to attend, which puts a whole new meaning out to uh, just the outdoor hockey experience. I was lucky enough to go to an outdoor game. It was the second coldest NHL outdoor game after the first ever one with Edmonton and Montreal. It was ridiculously cold. Some people I went with had battery-powered jackets. Uh, I had Under Armour on top of clothes, on top of uh, basically a snowsuit, and then my jersey over top of that because you can't not have your jersey over top. It was like playing an extreme game at the ODR. Loved every second of it. Uh, check our social media page for some photos from that experience. But uh, teams are exploring to be able to have fans at outdoor uh, arenas, which would be fascinating to see. I don't know if it's going to get any traction. Uh, maybe a few games. Uh, it all depends to the scheduling because you can only have ice. I shouldn't say that because you can have a game in L.A. and Vegas and there's still ice. So who knows? But uh, some of these stadiums are football stadiums. Some of them are baseball. And uh, you can't really have... I guess if it's a football stadium, once the NFL is over and that season is over, you can construct whatever you want. No concerts are happening, so you don't have to worry about scheduling. So it might actually work. Time will tell. Uh, places that are interested are uh, Boston, the Penguins, Hurricanes, the Dallas, and L.A. I could see Boston for sure being maybe the front runner, and maybe Pittsburgh after that. I could see LA maybe being third. So I, I could see some teams doing this, but we'll have to just wait and see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, very interesting year. It also gets v even more interesting as curling. The sport that thrives in Canada, curling is going to have their own bubble in Canada to play the 2020-2021 season. They're going to probably... The way it's set up to be, it's going to be in Calgary, and it looks like a lot of the provincial championships teams are going to go there to play. And then if you win that, the Briar and Scotties will also take place to crown a champion for Canada men's and women's team. Interesting proposal. It worked for basketball. It worked for hockey. As long as everyone can isolate, numbers are going up in Alberta. We'll have to wait and see, but I know curling fans have been itching to have curling come on their TVs to be able to watch it. So look forward to that, curling fans, and we'll definitely be covering that uh, as we love curling. Got to actually play properly on a team last year, and it was very, very fun. So looking forward to more curling. It's just a great background noise. You could 
watch. It's a game of chess on ice. Canada's really good at it, so why not? It's also the end of the year. 2020 is finally coming to an end, which also means that we have end of year awards to give out. This, uh, this is, happens every single year. Canada usually gives out three main athlete awards. So the awards go, the Lou Marsh Award is awarded to Canada's top athlete overall. So male or female could be either. For women's, they have the Bobby Rosenfeld Award, which is Canada's top women's athlete. And the men have the Lionel Conacher Award for the best male athlete. So they give these out and they usually start with the top award, the Lou Marsh Award. And this year, there are many deserving athletes, but it goes to two co-winners. One for their performance uh, on the field and off the field, and one for just an amazing achievement that no other player in that sport for Canada has achieved uh, in kind of one cycle. So the co-winners are Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the Kansas City Chief offensive lineman who won the Super Bowl this year and then decided to opt out of this season because he is a doctor. He finished his medical doctorate at McGill and he chose to stay at home and keep working fighting the COVID pandemic battle that we we're all facing instead of playing the game where he could make millions of dollars. That is going, I think, above and beyond. He wants to be a doctor. Football is not a forever career and being a doctor can be. And I think, personally, I think he made the right decision. And he's still fighting the fight. Quebec was hit really, really hard, his home province. So just an amazing human being and well-deserved athletic achievement this year and the rest of the year. His co-winner is Alfonso Davies, uh, the wonder superstar, rookie of the year in the Bundesliga, and won the Champions League with... Bayern Munich this past year so both well-deserving uh, recipients and that is why they are co-winners we don't know who the individual athletes are going to be yet those get announced a little bit later I have uh, a suspicion who might be the the women's pick for the Bobby Rosenfeld Lou Marsh uh, usually uh, the winner of that if they are male or female that athlete usually wins the uh, other award as well. So interesting to see uh, if they're going to give co-winners for the Conacher Award. Uh, but it's going to be, uh, I think all athletes, uh, when you have a stellar year, are deserving. It's hard to pick which ones are going to be, which is why we have co-winners for the Lou Marsh Award for Canada's top athlete. In a year that has been upside down, you always get exceptional athletic achievements by Canadian athletes, and this year is no exception. Two wonderful winners. So congratulations to Alfonso Davies and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. If you ever want to come on the podcast, we are always welcome to have you. Uh, well done, well deserved, and uh, keep doing what you're doing because you guys are doing something right. Now it's time to get to everyone's favorite segment, news. That will unite us all. So we have some wonderful stories in this segment. 
So we have lots of things that are going to unite us all. We have lots of girl power. We're going to begin with baseball. The Miami Marlins have made Kim NG their new GM. The first GM of any of the four major sports leagues to be a woman. This is huge in the progression of equality and in the sports world. Uh, sports been no secret that they have to play major catch-up when it comes to equality between men and women, especially in the front office. Lots of times there was, uh, oh, you're a girl, you don't know how to run teams, you don't know how to do this, how to do that. And we've seen in media and sports and TV shows that uh, kind of were getting there. TV shows were made. Uh, there was a one-season show about the first woman baseball player almost making it to the major leagues. Now it's becoming reality. We're slowly getting there, and this hire is massive. She has lots and lots of experience in the game. I'm looking forward to her turning around the Marlins. They were kind of competitive last year. Uh, haven't really made the playoffs, so this is... Uh, having a good general manager is, I think, the start of making good baseball moves. If you don't, you can see lots of teams just buy players. It doesn't always work. Having a major payroll sometimes helps. But if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, they uh, had a hardly comparison uh, budget to the Dodgers lineup. And they made it to the World Series. So... Uh, this is only a positive and shows that, you know, girls of today that it's not just going to be a boys club. We continue with the progressive train. Callie Brownson became the first female position coach to coach during an NFL game last two, uh, two weekends ago when she was the tight ends coach for the Browns. Kind of fun, Brownson Brown. Uh, she is normally the chief of staff for the Browns. Uh, which is a complicated position to begin with. Uh, but she filled in for the tight end coach, uh, breaking down another barrier. It's only a matter of time before we get a permanent coach, position coach, assistant coach. Uh, I believe Becky Hammond will become the first head coach of a major sport in North America, uh, of the major four, I should say, because there are women coaches in the WNBA and the W. NWSL, of course, but the four major ones, uh, the boys club, if you will. So MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA. I think Becky Hammond will become the first head coach uh, in the NBA of the Spurs or any other uh, team if she so chooses. But the NFL is probably having to play catch up the most and maybe hockey too. You don't uh, there are lots of women coaches that coach uh, on the in those women's leagues. Uh, I think there's just one now, uh, which needs to build up as well. But I think NHL and NFL for sure have been playing catch-up, uh, uh, influencing and having women impact the game. So this is just another barrier that is being broken down, and hopefully Callie gets a full-time constant uh, position if she so chooses uh, or just kind of kills it at chief of staff uh, the Browns have been doing crazy good crazy who'd have thought the Browns could make the playoffs are you kidding me what year is this 2020 is upside down well we already knew that but what a crazy crazy year 
And we go from the front office to the sidelines uh, onto the field where another first happened at Vanderbilt University. Sarah Fuller became the first woman to play in a Power 5 college football game when she played in the Thanksgiving weekend game for Vanderbilt. The kicker did not see a lot of action, which sometimes is good for a kicker, sometimes a bad thing. Um, and we look forward to her uh, for the rest of the season for Vanderbilt. She's going to keep breaking down those barriers, making field goals, kicking long drives. Hopefully she gets to compete in a bowl game. Uh, I don't know how the bowl game system is really going to work this year. I know you have to have a minimum of six games. It's a whole nother thing that we can talk about, not in this segment. So congratulations, Sarah. Uh, I know the media was just crazy, uh, but you keep going. You're an inspiration. I know myself and friends both looked up to male and female athletes growing up, so uh, this can only be a catalyst for things to come. Congratulations, and uh, I hope you continue, and um, who knows what the future has. So as we said, the NBA is gearing up for another season starting on December 22nd. Uh, and Toronto will not begin the season in Toronto. They will be playing out of Tampa Bay because the border is still closed. It's still just too chaotic. Toronto will be playing uh, at least some of their home games in Tampa Bay. Hopefully uh, we can get Toronto home games uh, as the season goes on, but it might not happen. They also have the playoff format. So from the bubble season, the playoff format was decided uh, again going into this season that the 7 to 10 seed will play those exciting play-in playoff matches. So only 1 to 6 are guaranteed in the playoffs if you're 7 to 10, which if you're 9 and 10, you have a shot giving more teams a chance to make the playoffs, which is always exciting. Who, uh, who doesn't like that extra playoff basketball? Marshawn Lynch, everyone's favorite beast mode runner, was spotted in Hawaii giving out turkeys for people in need during their Thanksgiving week. Uh, beast mode has always been charitable, and this just adds to the lore that is Marshawn. Marshawn, always a mystery, a beautiful human, misunderstood, loves his Skittles, uh, but you know what? It's working. Keep doing whatever you want because you make the world better. Don't need cameras. You don't need the attention. You don't like talking to reporters. Uh, Just keep doing what you're doing because it's working and you are making the world better. The Lions fired their head coach and GM and many Lions fans are thankful for this. To show their thanks, which has kind of turned into a trend, their fans are donating to Deshaun Watson's charity as they were the team to beat the Lions uh, and cause the catalyst for change. I'm all for this trend. Sometimes it's good. uh, Sometimes it's bad. There are both uh, fans who seem to be sad, uh, but more are happy and charities and people in need gain from this. Uh, I hope it continues and fans love to pay it forward, especially with the year that we are having Uh, This just makes you all feel warm and fuzzy inside. So congratulations uh, to those Lion fans who are donating to Deshaun Watson's charity. And uh, those players usually just show love back. It's uh, a love-love relationship, so it's it's great. Also on the football field, Buffalo University's Jarrett 
Patterson scored eight touchdowns. He scored eight touchdowns in one game, which is a stat line I don't think I ever thought I would see. Go watch the highlights. It's an insane personal thing to do in a football game. Eight touchdowns. One touchdown is hard enough. Eight touchdowns. Some people don't even get that in a season. He got that in one game. So go check it out. Buffalo University. Good job, Jarrett. Back to the baseball diamond. It looks like a piece of the skyline in Toronto will be changing. The Blue Jays have announced that they are looking at tearing down Skydome and building a new stadium. Once seen as a wonder and marvel in North America, it was a one of a kind. If you go on YouTube, they had an opening ceremony with uh, just a spectacle of a show. That's how big the Skydome was. It'll forever be the Skydome. It's no longer the Roger, whatever you want to call it now. The Skydome. Uh, and they're looking uh, at replacing it. It's become lately a concrete jungle. Uh, many, many memories have been placed in uh, World Series, concerts, Grey Cups, Vanier Cups. So much has gone on in the Skydome. Uh, Michael Jordan played. the. You forget, the Raptors played a few games in the Skydome before the ACC was built. I guess not the ACC anymore. It's the uh, Scotiabank Arena. Gosh, it, it, so much has changed. Uh, so uh, let us know on social media, Sports Night Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Share your photos, share your stories and memories of that you have of Skydome, and uh, we'll share them on the next podcast. And finally, the funniest story for the past few weeks is Braden Holtby, one of the newest members of the Canucks, uh, began the move from uh, Washington, D.C. to Vancouver. Moving your family across a country or into a new country can be very challenging, especially when it's for work, you have paperwork, especially when you have animals that are part of your family. Uh, Brayden has two tortoises that he was bringing through. He thought he had all the paperwork. Uh, he got the paperwork correctly uh, to bring them into Canada, which as far as I'm aware, would be the only thing I thought I would need bringing an animal from another country. You need to get permission for where you're going. But as it turns out, there's a lot more paperwork involved. Uh, sometimes uh, a little, it could be a little bit too much. But one issue he ran into was there's an extradition form uh, from the U.S. So you had to fill out paperwork to leave the United States with these tortoises, which uh, I don't think I would have thought to check either. Uh, he had filled out the Canadian immigration forms for the tortoises, but they were stuck at the border with himself. Uh, a simple form from the U.S. Fisher and Wildlife uh, had to be quickly filled out and processed uh, but it was all done and uh, happy for the uh, Holtby family Maple and Honey which are their names which are adorable names uh, made it to their new home in Canada uh, so welcome to Canada Honey and Maple we hope you have a wonderful stay long time uh, and uh, now your social media stars that's going to do it for our segment and we have one final segment. We're going to continue our Olympic countdown. We are slowly working our way to summer 2021, which looks a lot more 
happy than uh, what we've had this past year. Uh, we are finally going to finish the aquatic events. We're going to finish this time with water polo. Everyone's favorite egg beater competition, which is actually super, super rough. Uh, so water polo has been on the program for the men since the 1900 Olympics. Uh, and the women's water polo joined at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. The Hungarians have been the most successful in the men's event, and the U.S. have been the most successful in the women's. But it is actually Italy who, are, who is the only country to have won gold in both the men's and women's event. There are lots of different documentaries that you could go find, uh, as water polo is huge in Europe with uh, Hungary and Italy and those countries. Uh, it's a bloody sport. A lot of people don't know how physical water polo is. You're always you can't touch the bottom. You're always constantly moving, swimming. Even the goal the goalies they they have to stand in end. They have to egg beat essentially, and then they have to get super high. So you have to have super leg strength to get out to block. But there's so much punching, so much grabbing. Go look at there are lots of historic photographs and videos of just water polo matches. And when countries hate each other, they go after each other. So go watch those videos on water polo. You might get a, a new appreciation for how tough water polo is. For the 2021 Olympics, we have men's and women's event. And as of right now, nine teams have qualified for the men's and 10 have qualified for the women's. The event is scheduled to take place between July 24th and August 8th of 2021, and they have a total of 242 athletes. Those last qualification tournaments currently are scheduled for early in the new year. We'll find out if they are a go or what will happen or if they'll be pushed to later. We're in that kind of holding period now since a vaccine has been uh, started to be rolled out to a few countries. As of this recording, three countries have given the okay. So it, it's going to be, for the next few months, we're going to kind of be in a hold, wait and see what happens, how fast things can get made. And then we're, it's going to be a mad dash, I think, to uh, to the summer. It I really do. So Maybe we'll get some fans in the stands in NHL, NBA, at least here in Canada. In the U.S., I know there are fans in certain NFL games. So it depends. To get back to, a quote, normal, what we were used to with sold-out crowds, might be the end of the summer, might be beginning of the summer, might be winter. It's too early to tell right now. But 2021 is looking a little more enjoyable and lots more sunshine with the olympics hopefully going to be the crown jewel of the halfway through 2021 for the men's event nine teams have qualified japan has qualified as the host nation serbia has qualified for winning the water the water polo world league in 2019 italy and spain being the top two finishers at the 2019 world championships get a qualification Asia did not have a qualifying tournament as it was cancelled, so it went to the 2018 Asian Games winner, the glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Borat is very happy for that. Hungary won the 2020 European Championships, booked their ticket, and the US beat Canada 
to earn the America's ticket. Also, South Africa and Australia were selected for their respective African and Oceania continent recipients. Which leads us to the final three spots in the qualifying tournament in 2021, whenever that might be. As of right now, in the tournament, there are two pools and the top three finishers will get those final three positions. In pool A, we have Georgia, the country, not the state, Turkey, the country, not the bird, Canada, the country, I have no joke for that one, uh, Brazil, Montenegro, and Greece. In pool B, we have Croatia, Netherlands, France, Russia, Germany, and Romania. It's going to be tough to get one of those three spots as there are some powerhouse teams like Germany, Russia, Netherlands, Canada's not so bad, Greece, uh, Georgia can be a huge competition. So it's going to be tough uh, for any of those countries to qualify. And then once they're in, they have to face powerhouses like the U.S., Hungary, Italy, uh, Serbia. So it's it's going to be a, a tough few matches and uh, whoever medals in the men's side is going to be uh, a tough road ahead. On the women's side, same thing. There are some teams that have qualified and there are two spots up for grabs uh, as only 10 teams play in the women's side. Those who have qualified, Japan as host country, the U.S. has qualified as the FINA World Water Polo League winners. The U.S. also won the 2019 World Championships, but since they have already qualified, Spain, who was runner-up, gets that qualification position. The Asian qualifiers, same as the men's, could not be uh, completed for the 2020 uh, champions, so it went to the 2018 Asian Games winner, China. The European winner Spain had already gotten its qualifying spot, so it went to runner-up Russia. The U.S. was also the same. So at the 2019 Pan American Games, uh, they won, but since they had already qualified, it went to runner-up Canada, who takes that qualifying spot. Same as the men's, South Africa and Australia are the African and Oceania qualifiers, respectfully. In their last qualifying tournament, the top two teams will earn the last two spots. In this tournament, whenever it might happen, are the Netherlands, France, Italy, Uzbekistan, and Slovakia in Group A. Group B sees Greece, Croatia, Israel, New Zealand, and glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Uh, in 2016, at the Olympic Games in Rio, Croatia and Serbia battled it out in the gold medal game with Serbia winning 11-7, and in the bronze it was Italy 12-10 over Montenegro. On the women's side, it was the U.S. defeating Italy 12-5 to take home the gold, Russia defeating Hungary 19-18 in a close match for the bronze medal. And that is the end of our Olympic uh, countdown, end of the aquatic section. Going to move on a ton more sports to get to. Uh, and we're going to end the episode right here. It's the end of the year. Go have a wonderful drink. Get your body ready for sports coming back again. I know we went through this before, but it's 2020-2021 season, so it's completely new. It's going to be fine. Go pet a dog or a cat. Uh, if you can hug someone, hug someone. Jump for joy. Go watch a great movie like uh, a holiday movie, like Elf, Home Alone, Die Hard. Go watch all of those. 
and then get super pumped up for sports coming back. We have interviews coming definitely in the new year. We're trying to schedule one more for our final episode. We'll kind of do a little bit of a recap. Uh, Not, I guess, much to recap in 26 episodes, but I just want to personally thank each and every one of you out there listening. Uh, You keep driving me to continue this. Uh, If it was even just one person listening, I'd probably do it because this is really fun. I enjoy this. If we can grow the podcast, I I hope we can grow. Uh, All it takes is just to share. Maybe tell your friends to listen. Uh, If you want to give us a suggestion of a topic to cover, if you have a wonderful sports story, because that's the base of this podcast is bringing those wonderful uniting stories that sports bring to the world especially in a year of 2020 together uh we're going to continue this podcast past pandemic it's not just a pandemic podcast so let's keep growing and we do have wonderful uh winners to decide but i'm not going to say it this episode i was going to but it's going to be a christmas surprise we have our three winners from our episode 25 giveaway I, I promise that you're going to get prizes. Uh, you know, Maybe we'll do a giveaway at episode 50. So the bigger the audience and uh, the bigger we can grow this podcast, the more uh, we can give away. Maybe we'll have a sponsor by then. That would be great. If you have a company that wants to sponsor, you own a company, give us a shout. Uh, I'm all for sponsorship. Uh, so that's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening to me babble. Uh, I do this for you. Uh, and I do this for the love of sports and uh, how much sports have united everyone. We've seen it over the year, especially this year, how much sports unite people. So thank you very much. I hope you're having a wonderful, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, happy Kwanzaa, uh, all the other uh, holidays that I don't quite know that happened this year. Uh just take care of yourselves. We're almost in 2021. It's looking up. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Get ready for sports. Love each other and sport on.